Welcome to the Fatherhood Challenge, a movement to awaken and inspire fathers everywhere to take great pride in their role and to challenge society to understand how important fathers are to the stability and culture of their family's environment. Now, here's your host, Jonathan Guerrero. Greetings, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me. It's always good to have you with me. I am really, really excited about this episode because we are going to start into a whole new segment dealing with trauma. And it's the generational traumas that dads experience and that can hold so many of us back. It holds us hostage. It holds us prisoner. And the good news is it doesn't have to stay that way. There is a way out and there is absolutely a better way. And so I'm, I'm very, very excited about that. So my guest with me is Megan Owen, and I'm so excited because she is doing a whole lot to try to address this, to try to help dads to find a way out of, of a very, very dark place to find realistic solutions. And uh, she is starting up her practice and doing so many different programs, so many wonderful things. So I'm really excited to get into that and share with you some of the things that she's working on. So we're going to go ahead and just get right into everything. Megan, thank you so much for agreeing to being on the program. It's absolutely my pleasure, Jonathan. I believe in what you do, and it is an absolute honor to be here with you today. Thank you for having me. So what made you get into counseling and start your practice? Well, it's a very lengthy explanation, and I am 48, so a lot of different things have happened over the years. Uh, I did do my counseling master's. I did my master's in pastoral counseling about 15 years ago, and then didn't really fully get to utilize it until about 2011. In 2011, I noticed a gap in what the church was doing. Uh, They were not taking care of the widows and the orphans, as far as I could tell, in the location in which I was. And so I started a nonprofit to help uh, single mothers who had left abuse. That nonprofit is called Give Her Wings. I was executive director of that nonprofit for seven years then uh, worked on my chaplaincy certifications at the hospital, uh, worked with the suicide hotline here in Colorado. And then I was, I was here in quarantine, Jonathan, in my bedroom, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> laying on my yoga mat. And God said, it's time. It's time to start Mountain City Christian Counseling. And so I did. And it happened so quickly, I almost didn't have a chance to bask in the wonder and the awe of what God was doing within our practice. Mm -hmm. He definitely had his eye on you. He had a very specific plan for you. And it it is really fascinating. And what he had in mind to me is, is a testament, not only to his character, but to how he sees everybody else, how he sees his creation. And that that's amazing. Absolutely mm-hmm. amazing to me. You've helped mm-hmm. to heal so many broken women. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've lost touch with who they are. Um, abuse yeah. has a very interesting way of doing that. Um, right. And they also lost touch of who they were created to be, right. which is absolutely devastating when you think about it. But is there a link between broken women that you work with and also mm-hmm. men? 
There absolutely is. And there was so much in what you just said, Jonathan. You really packed a lot into that question. I I could not agree with you more that being disconnected from yourself is a total breakdown of that that peace that Jesus came to bring, that shalom, that wholeness with God, the wholeness with inside ourselves and the wholeness with other people. And so unfortunately, so many of our clients have been told that they can't look inside or trust their gut. There's a disconnection from who they are in Christ. There's a disconnection from their very soul, which was put there by God that soul that dances with the Holy Spirit. Uh, We are told, don't listen to yourself. Uh, Don't trust yourself. Do not trust your heart because it's deceitfully and deceptively wicked. You know, several of these different dogmas that have gone through in the last couple of generations have truly separated us from our own selves, creating a gap, a distance, and a desperate need for external validation because it's not coming from the living water inside of us, which is what Jesus said, right? That he's going to give us that water so we won't be thirsty anymore. And so those tenets of healthy relationships, which include vulnerability and trust and taking responsibility, uh, are lost because if we don't have them with ourselves, we don't have them with anybody else. And even, you know, I do want to mention, we also do work with men. Uh, We work with pastors, fathers, but the link I would say between um, the women who are feeling fragmented and lost and, and don't know what they believe anymore or feeling abandoned and rejected. Of course, there's a huge link between the, the women and the men. So, so when we have that same dynamic dynamic happening with men, right, with fathers, um, there's a disconnection from self and maybe there's just a lot of reenactment on the part of fathers where they're just repeating what they were given, typically in hopes of healing their own broken hearts, right? So they're doing that and then, you know, they, they're married. And uh, the women to whom they're married have brokenness from their past. And then further to exacerbate this uh, sort of recipe for disaster is the idea that you have to be a certain way as a man, right? And a lot of that leaves women without the emotional connection that all of us, men and women, so desperately need and were created to need. There are a lot of men who are suffering just as bad and maybe some cases more, mm-hmm. but are mm-hmm. just simply dead inside. Right. And these dads are broken because they don't know who they are spiritually. And then there's a whole nother side mm-hmm. to it that you are bringing forth. There is more than one way to know yourself. There's the spiritual part of it, which is absolutely essential. But there's the other part of it. There's the generational part of understanding who you are, what makes up who you are for better or for worse, the better part of you and also the bad parts of you, understanding what that is, what you might be predisposed to 
what's in your family line, what's going on. It's so important to know yourself. And a lot of dads don't know themselves. And so when all of these things are happening, when they manifest their trauma, even onto someone else in the form of abuse, mm-hmm. it is not seen through that lens. You're completely blind to, to what's happening. So, mm-hmm. I mean, what is going on inside? I mean, do we hit on it or is there something more? Oh my goodness. I'm so glad you brought this up, Jonathan. Um, Yes, spiritual, generational. I believe it's all connected. So we talk about epigenetics, right? Um, We carry emotional genes in our bodies from one generation to the next. And we have programming that we grow up with. And if there's a disconnect with a man uh, from himself and from other people, because really you can't have a connection and you can't have that emotional intimacy with other people unless you have it with your God and with yourself, right? So out of the trauma that a man may have, there are a couple things going on here. First, we may see blocks between a man and who he is. Now, I I hear you saying that he feels dead inside and I, I get it. I know what that feels like. I don't think he is dead inside. I just think there are so many blocks that he can't see that spark that Mm. God breathed into him before he was even affected by his parents' biology or epigenetics. And that's unwoundable. That's our soul. And so part of our job here at MCCC is to help remove those blocks. And, And I heard you call them, you know, the bad parts. I... I, as a proponent of internal family systems over here, um, we don't use that language. (laughs) (laughs) So we may say, okay, here's a wounded part. This part is using protest behavior because it can't get what it needs. So we all have sort of this internal family system. So you have Jonathan, the father, Jonathan, the husband, Jonathan, the the leader of your organization, um, friend, Jonathan, brother, Jonathan. We all have these different parts in us that that relate at different levels. So if father Jonathan is deeply wounded, maybe from childhood, maybe from childhood, who knows? What we try to do is we try to work with that internal family system through a modality. I guess we'll get to that later that we do. That's very special. And bring healing to that part, thereby removing that block. And each time we we accept a part that is using protest behavior, um, we will bring more and more healing, more cohesion to uh, that man's values and literally reshape the epigenetics for generations afterward. These people that we work with are cycle breakers to the nth degree. It is a powerful place to be. It's also a lonely place to be because you're doing things differently than your parents and grandparents maybe. But it's a reshaping of uh, those epigenetics and it is uh, creating, literally creating new neural pathways in our brains that will affect eternity. We, you know, God lives outside of time. The work that he's doing with us may involve a younger part of us, but it'll affect a younger part going forward. 
and their children and their children and their children. Um, so we have the blocks and then we have reenactment. If we don't find healing, and I know you know this, Jonathan, if we don't find healing in our lives, we will reenact our very painful childhood or adolescence or first marriage or whatever it is. We will reenact that in an effort to heal ourselves. It's very, very subconscious, but we are effectively using our spouse and our children to heal ourselves. And that is a total breakdown of relationships. Um, abuse can come in many, many forms, as you know, emotional, financial, spiritual, um, physical, mental. And there can be one aspect of abuse present or all of them. Typically, when we see all of those abusive behaviors, we may not be seeing woundedness. So I want to differentiate between uh, a man who's wounded and is looking for healing you know, you shared your story with me. So much respect for that. That is hard work. So there, there's that. And then there are men who are have decided to sort of give in to that usage of people and it works for him and he's not looking for change. So what I'm assuming we're talking about here and the audience that you have, I'm assuming that these um, these men who are listening are wanting the change, right? There's something inside, yes, that you just can't, it's like an itch you can't scratch. Mm -hmm. And so you put up these walls and you're shielding and you're doing everything mm -hmm. else, but there's always this little ticking thing inside of you that is mm -hmm. bothering you that is saying something isn't right, but you mm -hmm. just don't know what it is and you definitely don't know what to do about it. So mm -hmm. yes, absolutely. That's, that is the first step right there. Curiosity. What is going on with me? Why do I feel this way? Why do I have an itch I can't scratch? That's the first step toward healing. And that is to be commended. There is a, a, a an element of binary here where women now, now, if we, if we're not paying attention to what we're doing, we can fawn, we can people please, we can do that all over the place. And men, if they are not paying attention to what they're doing, can build those walls that you're talking about and say, no, I can't deal with the hard stuff. I have to protect that our, our survival is at stake. So I'm going to, to have this, this steely outer shell in order to take care of my family. And that those, that archetypal presence is passed down from generation to generation to generation. And I think our job now is to say, okay, so what do we, what do we need to deal with now? Do I still need to, to have this emptiness inside because I, I have to put on this strong presence because that's the conditioning that I've had? Or can I let that down a little bit and check in with myself and connect with others on a deep level in a way I never have before and just nourish my soul? I heard you use the word parts. And mm -hmm. I know you also mentioned that there's several different modalities that can really help with alleviating some of this trauma. What are, just educate me a little bit, what are some of the modalities and methods that you use to address the deep-seated traumas that are really holding back so many dads? 
Absolutely. I, gosh, I love these questions. The, the listeners are very lucky to have this program. Very lucky to have someone like you who is asking these kinds of questions, Jonathan. Um, so, you know, you mentioned parts. We use part language, parts language, um, because internal family systems is a part of what we do. It's, it's not our only modality. It just is an element. Uh, so we do talk therapy, obviously. We do a lot of that. Um, we also do a, a trauma therapy called EMDR, which I'm sure you are familiar with, eye movement desensitization reprocessing. And that is simply the reprocessing of traumatic memories while using alternating bilateral stimulation. It is a powerful tool. And we, it's um, the best way I can sort of describe it is you're watching the dot on the screen or you're holding onto paddles that go back and forth, sort of like a ping pong game. And as you almost relive your traumatic memory, uh, your brain is working to rewire, rewire, rewire. Because like you said, this is very deep work. We have to get under the cover story. So everyone has a cover story uh, of their trauma. So I may have a client come in and say, um, I was abused by my husband for 20 years in these ways, da, 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 da. And, but underneath that is the real hurt. So we almost have to go in by the back door. And that's why we use these modalities. So we use EMDR. And then we use another very unique modality that I chose purposefully. And it's called uh, DNMS. It was developed by Shirley Jean Schmidt, who found that EMDR would work for traumatic memories. But how do you do EMDR for a traumatic childhood. So she developed another way of using this alternating bilateral stimulation, developmental needs meeting strategies. So what we learn is that we can use the resources that we have inside of us. And because we're spiritual, a lot of our clients choose to use uh I hate the word use to, you know, to draw upon <laughs> uh, maybe the Holy Spirit or Jesus from the chosen series or Jesus from the shack, uh, but definitely their own soul. And we learn to meet the needs of our different parts. Maybe four-year-old is wounded and four-year-old needs to understand that this isn't the way it was supposed to be or that parents were supposed to be attuned to him. And so. Um, so he doesn't have to engage in that protest behavior anymore because we can teach him how to be connected to what he has inside of him, actually. And it's a very powerful. And then we use the alternating bilateral stimulation. And after a time, our clients feel more whole. They report feeling wholeness, more connection, way less need for external validation. And they sense and feel as though they are becoming the person they were always supposed to be. We're not supposed to fit into a mold. We're not supposed to reenact. We're not supposed to use our family members to fill our needs. We are supposed to be able to a, a large extent find that within ourselves, be able to give it to others, and then receive it properly uh, so we don't, you know, squeeze people dry, but we have more of a mutuality. 
I've heard a lot of this before. And as I'm listening to this again, I'm still having my mind blown, completely blown by this. <laughs> <laughs> this is absolutely amazing what's what is possible. Mm. There it is absolutely possible. Okay, so this leads me to another curious question. I want to go into an uncomfortable area. What happens sure. in the epigenetics between a dad who's chosen not to confront and address his traumas and one who has, how does mm -hmm. either outcome affect their family? Right. Um, and it is uncomfortable because I, I want to say, oh, everything's going to be okay. If you just, you know, sort of shove it down and, but cause it's not, it's not going to be okay. If uh, a dad has been, brought up in a dysfunctional family system and chooses, and I love that you framed it that way because it is a choice. We have a choice, right? We're adults. We don't have to live in that. So if we choose, if a man, a dad chooses not to confront and address his traumas, they will most certainly be passed down to the next generation. And that will be on their plate to deal with those traumas when they are adults. Now, as I say that, I don't want to cause any shame because how many of us didn't face our traumas until our children were almost grown or all the way grown, right? Mm -hmm. Still, they're still watching us. The adult children are still watching to see what we're going to do with our trauma. They know it's there. And when we get healing, we are giving them permission to get healing as well. They're watching us and they're saying, okay, dad is getting therapy. He's dealing with the hard stuff that, that gives me permission to do the same thing. I'm going to do mm. it too. So there's that piece. And also, um, healing as a family is a big deal. It is an incredible experience. Absolutely. Right? We have to be able to ask our children forgiveness. I've done it so many times and then say, I'm, I'm working on this. I'm really trying. And as I said before, being a cycle breaker can be very lonely. A lot of times families of origin for that dad may not like the changes that are coming about him or that are being instituted because they just highlight the fact that that family didn't work on it. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, so that, that is something to be prepared for as a dad when you're working on it. People might not like it. They might not like it. And you have to press through that uncomfortable place. Now, when I see um, fathers who confront and address their traumas, I see transformation. I tra see transformation, in particular when the kids are little. They raise their children in an entirely different way. And again, this is not to shame the dads who didn't get it done. It's not too late. Even if you're a grandfather, it is not too late to turn the tide and then that's help so the rest important. of them heal. Mm -hmm. I am so glad you said that because that, that's exactly what was where my mind was going next is it, it isn't too late. Mm -hmm. you, right. You've got to do something. I mean, if you're a grandfather, just imagine the impact it would have on your son and your grandson to wow. say, this was wrong. I did it wrong and I am so sorry. I'm learning how to do it better. Just that right there will change future generations if we're willing to do it. 
if we're willing to admit it. That's leaving a legacy. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So as we're running out of time and I hate that we are because this is, (laughs) we could go on about this. I think we could. You and I could talk for a long, long time. Yeah. We can talk for a long, long time, Jonathan. I've, (laughs) I've already learned that about us, (laughs) but I'm going to, I'm going to put you right in front of the dads here and I'm going to Mm -hmm. get out of the way. And I'm going to say, what is your challenge for dads listening right now? What is your ultimate Mm -hmm. challenge to them? And how can they get a hold of you for help? So dads, I'm imagining that I can see all of you right now listening. And if you've gotten this far in the show, it means that you really do want to make a change. You really do care about your kids. And I see that and I see you. I see how hard your job is, how hard it's been for you. I see countless men who were raised with trauma or emotional neglect. I see men who were raised without fathers. And what I want you to hear me say right now is you can still do what you can do. When Mary poured the oil on Jesus' feet and she was condemned for it, Jesus defended her and said, leave her alone. She's doing what she can do. So whether you're a grandfather, a seasoned father, a young father, do what you can do. If you don't see your children that offer, I'm sorry, if you don't see your children that often, use the time you have with them. If you see your children often, that's beautiful too. That's beautiful too. Make the most of that time. Do what you can do. If you're a grandfather, do what you can do. But that has to include working on your own trauma, being willing to say, I'm going to change the generations after me. That's so powerful. And it's such a huge step just to say, I want to deal with my trauma. It is time. It is time. And if you feel so led and you feel like we would be a good fit, uh, you can look at our website. It's mountaincitychristiancounseling.com. You can reach out to Julie. She's our assistant. She's amazing. Julie at mountaincitychristiancounseling.com. I think that what Jonathan is doing with this radio show is that he is recognizing the gap and the need in your lives and bringing you what you need. And this is part of it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't leave this world without having made an indelible mark on the generations after you get the help you need. Megan, thank you so much for coming on the program and sharing all of this with us. It has been an absolute honor to have you here. So thank you so much. Oh, the honor and the pleasure are all mine, Jonathan. Thank you so much for including me in this important work that you're doing. And with the links that have been mentioned, just to make it easier for everybody, I'm going to post the links and the email addresses. Everything will be in the episode description. So if you go to thefatherhoodchallenge.com, that's thefatherhoodchallenge.com. And if you go to this episode and you click on the description, if you go to the episode and you go to the description right down below, All of the links will be there for you. So it'll just be a lot easier to access from here. So thank you so much for listening. It's always great when you're here and it just, it's, it feels like family. So thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fatherhood Challenge. If you would like to contact us, listen to other episodes, find any resource mentioned in this program, or find out more information about the Fatherhood Challenge, please visit thefatherhoodchallenge.com. That's thefatherhoodchallenge.com.